0: The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Morning to you, a sunny and gorgeous Wednesday morning. It's uh, headed toward 82 today. Wow, yeah, sit by the pool, go for a hike, something like that. You're liable to get sunburned if you sit out there too long, though. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for joining me this morning on the Andy Griffin Show. I've got a good friend and a political expert, I'm going to call you, Brian Hyde. What's up, Brian? I've been called worse. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse things, yes, for sure. <laughs> I could call you a meat uh, meat cooking expert too. You uh, referred me to when when last we talked. I was uh, contemplating this pit barrel cooker. Is that what it's called? Pit barrel cooking? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah the PVC.
0: And uh, you uh, you gave glowing uh, reviews, and so I went out and got one, for crying out loud. Went over to Ace Hardware over here on the, on the corner of Boulevard and Bluff, picked one up. They gave me a great deal, and I've only smoked like I don't, I don't, nine things or something in the last week or so. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm addicted, <laughs> Brian.
1: It's good stuff. I, it makes me happy to see that, that you, know, you, uh, you two love to cook with fire. And, you know, this is the time of year. If you're going to do it, this is the time of year to be out there doing that, even if you're sheltering in place, you know. Nobody's going to complain that there's too much delicious smoke coming from Andy's
0: house. <laughs> no, I haven't heard that complaint yet. In fact, mostly I'm getting uh, when When are we going to be eligible to come over and eat your meat that you're cooking? So, uh, and that's that's actually one of the great questions that I wanted to talk to you about today, Brian. Uh, you know, you're first of all you have the radio network loving Liberty, uh, and and the name says it all. Liberty is is something that's important to you, and it should be important to all of us. And we've had our liberties trampled on a little bit lately haven't we
1: it sure feels like they've been uh, trimmed back or, or maybe uh, reduced um you know i went to the i went to the event in salt lake city last saturday mm-hmm. the utah business revival which uh, you know eric mutsos from there in st george was one of the guys who headed that up and and i went there for the purpose of just asserting my liberty of you know i i want to make these decisions for myself i don't want to be compelled and I was very pleasantly surprised to see that uh, not only was there a lot of people, and there was over a thousand people who showed up, but the diversity of the crowd. I mean, how often do you see Gadsden flag waving three percenters standing next to drag queens? Mm. And the common ground is we want to we want to claim our liberty. We don't want to be irresponsible. We don't want to infect people, but we we want to get back to work.
0: You know, one of the things that you you can make a case for is, well, total liberty isn't achievable unless you want anarchy. Uh, But we're talking about some of the basic rights. You know, a business owner who's been told by the government he cannot run his business right now. Uh, you know, versus, you know, versus something like uh, my, my example I always use is a seatbelt law. You know, my car yells at me, it, it dings at me and a light comes on if I don't put my seatbelt on. And uh, you know, that's, that's in, in a way, that's a government government's way of telling me what to do. Now in this case, and maybe in the case of COVID-19, it's for my own good, but boy, sometimes these things these, that they take away from us, Brian can be really frustrating. Well, and
1: it, and it raises the question of, is that a legitimate function for them to be doing? I have no problem with government and the resources that it has in terms of epidemiology and, you know, public health, being in an advisory role. And I think that in some cases they actually gave us some pretty good information about social distancing, keeping your hands clean, you know, don't touch your face and, you don't know, wear a mask if, if you are particularly in a high-risk category. That's all good advice. The place where I start to, to get a little bit chapped is when it's like, wait, you're making this compulsory? I guess I'm of the opinion that good ideas shouldn't have to be compulsory.
0: Well said there, yeah. Being required to do things that aren't necessarily 100% uh, kosher, in, in, in my mind. I don't know. It's it's, it's a fine wa- uh, line we have to walk, though, Brian, uh, because if you if you say, well, anything goes, then you got people, you know, I, I don't know how your gathering was in Salt Lake. We had one here in uh, in St. George on last Wednesday. In fact, I think they're, they're calling it Walk for Freedom. They're doing it again this week, and it was interesting, the controversy surrounding it. You lot of people you know in support of it they're honking their horns they're loving it you had people at the event not practicing social distancing although the organizer tried to you know make sure they were and then you had a lot of people online saying hey congratulations on endangering everyone else's lives way to go what are your thoughts on these protests overall
1: um i, I think that it comes down to individual responsibility and probably the best working example we have of how individual responsibility can, can very much meet the needs during a time of pandemic, is what Sweden has done. You know, the nation of Sweden, they've hit a plateau. Uh, the, the COVID uh, infections and death rate have not been increasing, at least not in a rate that you would think uh, where, where they didn't lock down their economy, they didn't mandate everybody will shelter in place or whatever. They gave their citizens good information the citizens acted on that information. And here's the crucial thing that I see missing, at least in, in many places here in America. The government trusted the people to do the right thing. And the people in return trusted the government to get them good information. And, and that trust has to be a two-way street. And that's what I see breaking down, at least here in America.
0: Boy, that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow, Brian. Trust the government. <laughs> because there have been many instances throughout time where you, you can't trust the government.
1: Well, and even when their intentions are good, which I, I I have to ascribe good intentions to those who were trying to address, you know, the, the COVID-19 threat, uh, but but they overstated or they, they relied on models that were the absolute worst case scenario and then shut down all of these things as if this was going to be the case and have quietly had to walk those, uh, those numbers back to something that a little more closely resembles reality. And that's not to say, therefore, everything they say is wrong. It's just no, you're dealing with human beings. Sometimes they're going to make the wrong call. Let's make sure we're not making the wrong call and erring on the side of safety in such a way that we burn the house down to to save everybody in it.
0: You uh, you mentioned Sweden. I feel like Utah, in some ways, has been similar to Sweden in that our governor never did really put a lockdown in place. He gave directives and. Uh, advice, but he, I think he trusted the citizenship. Uh, and, you know, especially here in St. George, we had yesterday no new cases. Uh, last week, I think there were a total of seven in the entire week of new cases. And now we're up to, I think it's 70 in the five counties, and 58 of those are completely cured or virus-free at this point. So uh, I, I think, you know, if it works, if you know, if you listen and, and, and don't try to, overthink things that it it actually is is a good thing uh, that the government government did not tell us exactly to the letter what to do
1: well and i i have not been lavish with praise for gary herbert as governor Mm -hmm. um he he uh he has uh he felt like a little bit too much the part of the machinery to my liking for most of his tenure as governor but i have to i have to say i approve and i i appreciate that he took a lighter-handed approach and did not you know fall into that mandatory, you know, we're going to make this coercive uh, mentality. I think he did the right thing and left it up to the localities, some of which took stronger stances, others which didn't. I I think that was an appropriate response.
0: I agree with you. In fact, uh, I think it was just one of, was it eight states, uh, eight governors that didn't put a lockdown in place? And I think Utah uh, rewarded him, rewarded his faith in us by, by doing the right thing for the most part, don't you think?
1: Oh, yeah. And the pressure was so intense on those governors, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the, the, they got the they got the Greta Thunberg treatment. How dare you, you know, not, not follow like the rest of us? But, you know, I think the numbers bear out what was right for their situation was what they did. And, and, you know, North Dakota and for that matter, Utah are not the same as New York City. So let them address it in the way that best suits their situation.
0: Well said. It's uh, it's not a one size fits all situation. Not even close to that. And uh, and so you're right. The rules for us should not be the same as the rules for New York City or or even uh, Los Angeles or New Orleans. They they should be. They should fit the situation. That maybe to to me, Brian. Maybe that's one of the problems I have with government uh, in general. Is that we get a lot of one size fits all laws coming across. And and uh, you know, I, I hate that a law that. Probably is necessary in in New York City or in Boston or in uh, Los Angeles is uh, is applied exactly the same way to me here in Saint George, Utah. That can be frustrating.
1: Yeah, one size fits all is is really not. I think I don't think that's what the founders had in mind, and that's no. why the fifty states. I'm sorry, the what became the fifty states. You know, that's why those states retained their individual statehood, their individual sovereignty. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was uh, justice uh, uh, I want to say Justice Brandis uh, from the Supreme Court who, who talked about how they were little laboratories of democracy. What might work well in Nevada may not work so well in Utah, but that's up to its citizens to make that determination. By their consent, some will say, okay, we think you know prostitution or gambling or legal weed is is what we want to do, and other citizens of other states would say that's that's not us.
0: Hmm. Well said. Hey, uh, Brian runs a a radio network called Loving Liberty. The website is at lovingliberty.net. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, lovingliberty.net. Check him out online. We're working on getting Brian a show here on the weekend here on KDXU. We're still waiting uh, approval. Uh, from the corporate level, and uh, they're actually they're kind of skeleton crew right now all over Cherry Creek Radio, all over uh, you know, in there I, I have forty something stations throughout the West, but uh, hopefully we can get that approved and get Brian on the weekends. Uh, love to hear from you today six seven three five eight ninety Brian. Do you want to take a couple of calls? You good with that? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do it. Let's go to line two. You're on line one, so we'll go to line two. Caller, you're on with Andy and with Brian Hyde. What's up?
2: Brian Hyde, this is Seth calling.
0: (laughs) Hello,
1: Seth.
2: Good to hear you. I remember Brian Hyde starting out, and, and we threw a little party for him in the park. Testing yes, barbecue so and all <laughs> kinds of stuff, and uh, he and his lovely wife attended, and that was, what, what 100 years ago?
1: <laughs> it feels like it, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> A lot has changed since then, so, but you figured it out, though. When you work for the man, it's better to be the man, isn't it?
1: I'm not sure I understand what that means, but I'm going to agree with you anyway.
2: Okay. <laughs> if you work for somebody else, uh, they can fire you, but you usually won't fire yourself.
1: Okay. In else? that case, uh, we're uh, on the same page. Somebody okay. wise. Oh,
2: all right. Now, um, I'd like to give you some silver linings uh, for the COVID-19 instead of doom and gloom. Let's just say, oh, by the way, if you're really looking for a silver lining, it's time to go buy silver because they're giving it away. That is if you can find any to buy.
0: Oh, okay. They're Uh giving it away? What do you mean giving it away?
2: Uh, Well, $14. You can't dig it out of the ground and turn it into a coin or something for the price they're selling it at. And the price they're selling it at is paper silver, uh, which is traded in the commodities and all that. But uh, let's go on and and say that uh, um, one advantage of, of this situation is... They're giving away free money to everybody.
0: They are I in fact that's what I bought my pit barrel <laughs> cooker with Seth. <laughs> <laughs> and the bars
2: are closed so there's less DUI and they've announced that if you are drinking, you probably are weakening your immune system so everybody's going to be soberer and not uh, uh, and, imp- and improve the immune system. And and uh, you get a chance to connect with your family that a lot of us haven't done appropriately. And like this morning, my wife brought home buckets, huge totes of some lettuce that her, uh, one of her friends grew, who pulled it off all out of the garden and brought it home to feed to the ducks. Well, I cut the bottoms off, and in the next uh, little while, I'm going to plant a hundred brand new uh, lettuce starts, and I'm going to have an acre of uh, lettuce coming up in the in the backyard.
0: Silver, Part. silver lining, mm-hmm. silver
2: lining. So you could plant a garden, or you could go to. Um, uh Finney Farms, and you could buy some duck eggs uh, that I made. Well, nice. I didn't personally make them. You could make a duck egg <laughs> omelet with a, a bunch of stuff in there, and, and it, it would be uh, spectacular. You'd, you'd have your first duck egg omelet and uh, uh, be
0: healthy. Sounds good, Seth. Duck, egg, Oh, By the way, those eggs are about what, twice the size of a chicken egg. So, uh, Anyway, I, 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 unfortunately that turned into a bit of a commercial, but uh, anyway, Seth, Seth always has a unique perspective, Brian.
1: Uh, I'm glad
0: to hear he's still around. He's still around.
1: One of the ever, ever-present voices uh, in, in my days on KDXU.
0: Let's go to line three. Caller, you're on with Andy and with Brian Hyde. What's on your mind? Good morning. Uh-oh, we've, uh oh, we've we've distorted the voice. Did you hear that, Brian? Can you please call back? <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. That uh, that uh, I'm telling you, it's one of those days, Brian. You just never know what you're going to get with live radio, right? And uh, I, was,
1: I was wondering if that was one of the side effects of uh, either isolation or maybe you know the COVID infection. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I think does it raise you you your voice a few octaves? Lose your sense of taste, I think, but I don't think it does. All right, let's try again. Caller, uh, thanks for calling back. Who's this?
3: This is Barbara, and you trying to get rid of me, huh?
0: Well, you you sounded like a cartoon <laughs> character, so I'm glad you called back, though. Thank you for doing that.
3: Oh, well, I remember Brian. We, we enjoyed him when he was working here in the area, in our St. George area. Anyway, um, I wondered if you guys had heard on the national news last night that they are wanting to make face masks mandatory that you have to wear them like somebody said um that was talking about them like a seatbelt. it would be mm. a requirement mm. or a, wow. a law passed and I'm like seriously oh my word how many more of our freedoms are these people going to take away from us I don't know but I thought you would be interested to hear that because I did hear it on the news last night on the national news, not the, not the state, but the national. And I was like, Oh boy, what yeah. are we headed for?
0: Let me so, Let me get Brian's reaction on that. And then I'll give you my take if that's okay. Go sure. ahead.
1: You what I, str- I struggle with, uh, but who do I believe? Cause there was a time when the CDC was saying, no, 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 don't wear masks. They might actually increase the chance of, of infection. And then now we're being told, you know, but wear the masks? I I don't know who to believe, and even though it would greatly improve the world for everyone around me if I were to wear a mask, (laughs) I'm not sure that I want to be compelled to do so.
0: Man, oh man, I can't even imagine that would be an actual lie. I hope that, I hope that uh, that's not true. The, the only one I had heard, and I had not heard that it was going to be mandatory for all people, I had heard that all grocery store workers were now uh, required to wear a mask. doesn't matter whether you're Smith's or Harmon's or Walmart or wherever it may be. If you're a grocery store worker, you are required and I can verify that because my daughter works at one of the local grocery stores and she is required to wear a mask. In fact, they take her temperature when she gets to work and ask they do a little questionnaire, make sure she doesn't have any symptoms, and then they make her wear a mask for the entirety of her shift. And she says, after a wow. while, after a while, her ears start hurting.
1: <laughs> do you feel guilty if you go out and you don't have a mask on? I'm just curious.
0: I do, actually. You know, it's funny when when the, they they first came out with that. Uh, edict that we should wear masks after changing their mind and saying we shouldn't you're right Uh, i went to the store and my my daughter had made some masks for us i wore mine my wife's kept falling off it was a little bit too tight and so she took hers off so we walked around this this grocery store with i had a mask on and she didn't and my first gut reaction was honey shame on you you need at least hold that up there and then i got to thinking about it like what am i talking about this this is ridiculous but you're right i feel guilty how about you um,
1: I do, and I don't want to, but it's, it's like there's this weird shaming that, that is taking hold, and, and I don't know. It just Shopping's not as much fun as it used to be. People used to smile, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I, I see a lot of concern. I see a lot of worry in people's eyes as they're out and about, and that's all I can see because the mask is hiding the rest of their faces.
0: <laughs> uh, now, have you gone to a grocery store lately, Brian? Uh, not within the last week or so. Because my experience, I actually went yesterday to uh, Smith's right down the road here on Bluff Street, and uh, had my mask with me. I wore it when I first went in the store, but as I walked around, I would say two, three percent of people were wearing masks, not counting the workers, oh. uh, the the people, the shoppers. Uh, I was very much in the minority to the point that after about five minutes, I took my mask off. I'm like, if nobody else is going to wear them, why, why should I? And and maybe that's a bad attitude, but that's what I did because nobody else had them on. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm a fool. What do you think? No, that, I don't know. That sounds reasonable to me. So anyway, yeah. Uh, I hope that doesn't become a law. I, I I I think there would be serious opposition out there to that kind of thing. Don't you think, Brian?
1: You know, I hope that people would at least question it. I mean, I'm not saying everybody should be, you know, pitchforks and torches and, you know, upset and and yelling. I just, there was a time it seems like we really cared about our freedoms. And and if if someone or something started to infringe on them, we were wise enough to say, whoa, let's stop right there and and let's sort this out before you go any further. I think the fear is preventing a lot of people from speaking up like that, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Brian, I've got to get a weather break in here. I've got a guest coming in as well. Thank you for coming on today. I'm going to, I'm going to try to integrate Brian as a regular guest on the show and let you guys call and talk to him and talk to me and, and just to talk about Liberty a little bit more. We love Liberty and we love loving Liberty, Brian. Great talking with you. Hey,
1: I'll keep, I'll keep hoping that those wheels are turning there at corporate. I, I look forward to the day you tell me that, uh, that you, you, you found a place for my show.
0: You'll be the, you'll be the first to know for sure, Brian. Thank you so much for coming on today. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Andy. That's Brian Hyde, our special guest today. We're looking at, again at getting his Loving Liberty radio show on the air. We just got to, you know, they got to. Dot the I's and cross the T's and all that stuff that they do at corporate. But uh, hopefully we'll get that taken care of really soon. We're looking at a Saturday time slot for Brian Hyde, Saturday and Sunday time slots for uh, the Brian Hyde show. So that'll be pretty cool if we can get it all done. Thanks again, Brian, for coming on. Research shows the more often families eat dinner together, the less likely kids are to suffer from anxiety, depression, or even suicide ideation. Reach for Hope Utah is running a contest. They want you to show us your pictures of your family bonding time. That's right. Take a picture of whatever you're doing with your family, playing games, reading books, doing puzzles, hiking, and then upload the picture with the tag at Reach for Hope Utah. That's the number for Reach for Hope Utah. Reach for Hope Utah will be giving away several great prizes to the winning families. Just upload your pictures. It's a family bonding giveaway by Reach for Hope Utah. Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Welcome back, 9.35. Zach Renstrom is with me now. Zach, uh, how are you doing this morning, man?
4: Great. It's beautiful day in Dixie.
0: It is gorgeous. Now, we had a little rain yesterday, and Zach, of course, is the head of the Washington County Water Conservancy District. Is rain music to your ears or music to your eyes uh, this time of year?
4: You know, we we like those rains that come in just a nice, soft pattern over a couple of days. Those big thunderstorms where it just dumps rain, it's actually, uh, I mean, it does help a little bit, um, but it causes so much flooding, stuff. we don't like those. So when you have that nice, light pitter-patter for like a day or two, that is the perfect storm. And the last night was really good, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, not not a bad storm. It rains steady, but not super hard. Yep. So that that's a good thing. Uh we were t- before we get into water issues and stuff we were talking a little bit about some of the uh freedoms that have been taken away and lost. Uh, uh Brian Hyde asked me and and I'd like to ask you do you feel guilty when you go out in public without a mask on? Is that <laughs> is that one of those things you're like, "Oh, everybody else has got one on or some people have one on, should I too?" or
4: so I live in a split household where my spouse wears a mask and I don't. And so the guilt I feel is that, that my wife looking at me saying, why aren't you wearing a What's mask? What's wrong with you, Zach? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's where I get my guilt. Um, I, I do, you know, the social distancing. I grew up where my father taught us to always, you know, look a person in the eyes and shake their hand firmly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's actually kind of been weird to not do that, but you know, I am following that and, uh, so i've made changes that's for sure, but I haven't you know i i don't wear a mask in public
0: now anyway, it had been maybe three weeks since I'd shaken anybody's hand. Uh, with the exception of you know immediate family members living in the household, we went out shopping over the weekend. It was uh, we it was you know you, know how you can find something on Facebook uh, uh, online yard sale whatever. We went to someone's house and they actually had like a little mini business. They were selling some items and uh, the lady recognized me from radio. You know she's oh I I listen to your show all the time. She came up to me and grabbed my hand and shook my hand before <laughs> I had e- I even had time to react. She's like here you to shake my yeah. hand and I felt really funny. I felt really weird. Yeah. She shaking my hand. Is this okay? Am I going to die? And, of course, that's the paranoia of this weird pandemic we're going through right now.
4: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things culturally change. I know uh, I've been in other communities where, you know, they don't shake people's hands. They don't introduce – they're a little bit more reserved and. Uh, that was based upon the history of their culture. And so it'll be interesting to see how our culture kind of changes from this too. Sounds like
0: you're referring to uh, Japan maybe or, or the it, Middle East. It was actually Russia. Or the Far East. Yeah. Russia, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They don't shake hands in Russia.
4: They do, but they, it's very, like, you know, as an, as an American, I went there for a summer and I'd, I'd see the neighbor and I'd say, hi, my name, you know, and reach out and shake their hand. And in Russia, they, they don't like that. They, hmm. They're much more reserved unless you're introduced to somebody else. And so they're.
0: So do you, are you supposed to even nod at him
4: or no? Nope, acknowledge? Just, him? No. Yeah, I was told mind not your business. Not to. And where that kind of comes from is you know, from the Soviet. This is what was shared with me is because of the whole Soviet you know, the communist party of people turning in each other or whatever. People wanted not to be involved with other. They just wanted to just like keep in their own little area and not have interaction with other people.
0: Because the other guy might ran on you to the party. Exactly. Yep. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in Siberia or worse <laughs> or worse. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Now, uh,
0: speaking of paranoia, a lot of folks still are concerned with the water and, oh, I mean, is this going to be spread through the water? And, and I think it's worth bearing repeating again, Zach, that you cannot catch COVID-19 from the water supply. The water that comes out of your tap is fine.
4: Yes. Yeah. So, um, our water system easily treats viruses. Um, even, even before this whole thing, our system was set up to catch viruses, and, and we handle viruses fairly easy. And so when this first came out, when we first started looking at this, we immediately looked at, looked at our system to confirm that, and it, it came through that our water system has no problem. So if somebody actually, like, sneezed right as the water was going into the water treatment plant system, um, our system has actually multiple uh, treatments that would treat it at one, at least three different spots that would treat it and kill it. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, so our water is very safe here. We have great drinking water here, and we have very high quality. We, we spend a lot of time to make sure we produce very high-quality water, and so it's definitely safe. And I think the public starting to buy that, or no, I shouldn't say buy that, but understand that, because when you go to the grocery store, there's just a lot of bottled water there. Oh, good. Down, so.
0: Good. Did, did it hurt you personally when people were making the run on bottled water?
4: <laughs> no, I, I understand that individuals get very nervous and, and worried about that, and... You know there was there uh, there was a lot of speculation, and you know I did I received several phone calls about people that were very nervous, and it was always one of those things that they would hear it from somebody or you know some type of rumor, and and I would assure people, and and I, I just took the public a little bit of time to understand that, but I don't think it was too crazy. I mean the bottled water sold out, uh, but I I didn't see like the the hysteria that could have happened if when water is affected. So
0: the water usage didn't necessarily go down.
4: It didn't go down at all, okay. and it stayed fairly steady. Um, in fact, if it rained on a particular day, that had more effect on our water system than if it didn't. So it's it's so for this crisis, at least for our the water district, we've handled it very well, and we were prepared for it and planned for this, and no problems. A couple of things I wanted to ask about: What about
0: uh, swimming pools and things like that? Is is the chlorination that is in a, a, a swimming pool enough to where people don't have to worry about germs there,
4: so most swimming pools are chlorinated a lot higher to a lot higher level than drinking water, and so it's all about contact time with chlorine. And so, if someone had the virus, got in a swimming pool, um, if they were like right next to each other um, in a swimming pool, then there could be a transmission there. Um, but if, let's say, somebody swam in it, the swimming pool and then they got out, and then there was a little bit of time for the chlorine to do its job, and then they jump back in, I would deem it safe. I, I could tell you this: I'm letting my kids go swimming right now um, in in a, a pool, neighborhood pool because I believe that the chlorine in there is at a high enough level that it would disinfect it fairly quickly.
0: Chris, one of the other issues with with uh, pools like a neighborhood pool is uh, you know kids tend to want to play together and, and you know dunk each other and things <laughs> like that and yeah. that kind of thing is probably at this point still frowned upon as far as getting too close together the the other issue uh and and they talked about it some in the news but maybe you can address the fact that uh with uh all the toilet paper selling out so quickly a lot of people have turned to uh quote unquote disposable wipes what does that do to our, our water system our sewer system here
4: so with with just your regular standard mill uh, toilet paper, actually when it hits water, it dissolves fairly quickly and yeah. breaks up. When it goes to those other, uh, even, a, even like a paper towel, something a little bit bigger, that doesn't break down as fast. And so it just destroys either their in- piping within their homes, will get clogged up fairly quickly with that. Um, but then when it gets to just the regular city system, they have a lot of problems with that. And then when it actually gets to the sewer treatment plant, the sewer treatment plant um, – it just gums up their system and their, their screens and stuff. And so it takes them a lot more time and effort to clean that up. And the big thing is it really could damage your own house in the sense that it'll plug up your plumbing and then you'll have backflow problems. And it's expensive to get that fixed. I was,
0: I was going to say, that sounds like a lot of money to fix.
4: Well, it's getting the clog... Isn't too bad, but if your system backs up and all of a sudden you have sewage in your basement, mm, that gets expensive and smelly. Yeah, yeah. And
0: yeah not not a good ex- – not something anyone would want to go through.
4: So what I tell people about that where <laughs> – this is kind of an interesting topic, but if, <laughs> if they're really concerned about that type of stuff, just use a bidet. I mean they have those smart toilet seats now that you can get that essentially act as a bidet uh, that work really well. And so if, if that is a concern to them or if they have health issues, I would encourage them to get a bidet.
0: I got to confess, I've never used one before. Oh, well. Never.
4: Yeah. I I mean, I don't want to go into any
0: details, but it just kind of seems a little. I never know uh, what we're (laughs) going to talk about on this show, by the way. (laughs) Face masks and bidets. That's, that's right. That's our topic of the day. If you want to ta- uh, call in that chat with Zach Renstrom, we'd love to hear from you. Six seven three five eight nine zero is the phone number. Six seven three five eight ninety. This is uh, the Annie Griffin Show. We're here every day, nine o'clock, and uh, of course had Brian Hyde ha- on earlier talking about liberties. Have you felt, Zach, uh, uh, any of your liberties taken away? Have, have you have you have you felt frustrated at all with some of your freedoms maybe that have disappeared a little bit?
4: You know, what? It's, it's always a balance between uh, public health and, and liberties and stuff like that. And, and I've definitely have felt it in our family um, about what's going on. But uh, I also have a, a, a close family member that, that has suffered from lung issues, and so I, I do worry about that individual mm-hmm. contracting it. And I think it's always a balance. I mean, I was talking to one of our local elected leaders, and I said, you know, this is really tough when, because if, if all of a sudden a lot of people get sick, they're going to blame you for not doing enough. But if if people don't get sick, then you're going to get blamed for taking away people's liberties, and it's a tough balance. And um, I I feel that what our community's done down here has been pretty good. I mean, I, we still go out and do a lot of things, yeah, and yeah. and we've actually apparently been criticized on the national news for how open we are down here.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you saw that story. I did. Uh, It was was pretty – you know, I've been in the news business a long time, 30 years, and I can tell you that this often happens. A reporter is assigned a story or decides to do a story, and it almost doesn't matter when you go interview people if what they say fits the story. You've already decided you're going to do a story, and – so I, it was a case of where she took some quotes from some local leaders and twisted them to fit what she wanted to say in that, in that national story. So yeah, yeah it was, it was uh, pretty frustrating, especially as a member of the media, to see them tw- twisted that way because we're not – a lot more liberal than anywhere else and and uh i don't did you see the parody version of that i haven't that, that was pretty okay, i to watch the, that the now. guy said no one's wearing a mask and somebody said well you're not wearing one he's like whoa well, that <laughs> doesn't care. and then he said uh, virtually everything is open there's crowds of people and of course there was no one behind him and there were doors that were locked and and stuff so
4: oh, i'll have to check it out
0: yeah check it out online it's pretty funny uh, let's go to the phone lines caller you're on with andy and with uh, zach renstrom how are you today <laughs> good hi am i on yes you're on
5: oh hi um i'm the lady that you came over to the house and look at the stuff
0: yeah hey how are you today
5: Hey. <laughs> shook your hand i know it
0: surprised me i was like oh am i supposed to be doing this but i'm glad you did and i'm not sick so we're okay
5: <laughs> and um and yeah i called you. i told you i called your show before and uh you're always very courteous to everybody which i appreciate Um, yeah, I've been meaning wanting to call and say something, um, and, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, uh, negative towards you right now, but I would really like to offer some, uh, suggestion that you have people on your show who are not promoting this propaganda, like the guy that was on there yesterday and all this shaming people, for just exercising their constitutional rights, and people who aren't wearing masks around, who, like me, who have done research for many years and who have been researching this whole thing, people like Dr. Shiva, people like uh, Dr. Judy Malkovich, not people like um, Dr. Butters, um, people like Andy Kaufman. There are top, top experts who are coming out and saying this is... Essentially, it is a hoax, not saying that people aren't dying, but the research shows that there are no more people dying than usual. There are death stats being faked by the CDC. My friend, a friend of my family stood right face to face, told me that the alleged coronavirus death in Cedar City was his relative, and she died of leukemia. They Mm -hmm. had a false positive test, which about... Most of the time, these are false positive tests. You really have to... I really just wish you would have people on the show who are, who are, are uh, challenging this whole thing because it is a big lie. People, they are writing... Pe- Amazingly enough, the flu... These people stop dying of everything but corona.
0: Yeah, isn't I'm and, and getting
5: tired of these yeah. people, these government officials, to actually using their position of authority to uh, intimidate all of us against exercising our constitutional rights, which are being totally destroyed by this whole lie. Okay? This is basically what's going on. And anybody who does any amount of research will find that out. Okay?
0: Okay. Awesome. Thanks for the call. It's great to talk to you. You're
5: you're very welcome. Nice to talk to you, too. All right.
0: Take care. Uh, Zach, obviously, it's not a water issue, but certainly uh, she she brings up some valid points. Uh, it's interesting. I had a guy on. Uh, it wasn't during this show, but it was it was during the, the morning show last week. Uh, Larry Myers, you mm-hmm. probably know Larry. Yeah, I know. Uh, he organized the walk for freedom. Yeah, and I I received quite a few emails from people saying, "How dare you glorify this guy who?" put a, a gathering together of people disobeying the law and people gathering and getting closer together and, and things like that. I was really surprised at the reaction from a lot of people who, who were unhappy with the walk for freedom, but I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I just thought that was really bizarre.
4: You know, I, I understand where, so I do know Larry and I've talked and had mm-hmm. great conversations with Larry and I like Larry. Um, and we have a lot of discussions about government and, and where government's at in the past. And, uh, you know it's it's and I what the the lady that just called in talked about it's tough it's been hard to find good information on this that's for sure and you know it's it's interesting where even so my wife's extremely intelligent she has a you know degree in physics and stuff and oh she's a smarty she's a smart lady so she'll read one article and she'll say okay you know this is this is it and then she reads another article and she's like oh and and it's tough for people to find good information and I think that color what she said is, is there's a lot of truth to that and Finding out good, reliable information, and and you even mentioned about the media, has not necessarily been the most helpful in this whole process either. So it's tough. And and
0: even... And I hate to be critical of our president because I think he's done a good job of handling this crisis. But uh, he tends to exaggerate or, or, or uh, shade the truth, if you will, in one direction or another to, to make his argument appear more right than other arguments. And, so, and that, is, I think, has contributed to the problem. Truth is hard to find around there. I would not go so far as to say this is all a hoax. Uh, I personally believe it's overblown. I think it's way we we went way too far one direction uh in in shutting everything down uh where it didn't necessarily warrant it as much uh Zach, I also believe that uh we should be taking more care of the people that are high risk and not be so worried about people that are low risk. You know, you and I are pretty low risk right here. Neither one of us have lung problems. Right. We're relatively young. You're a little younger than me. But, uh, you know, and, and so, I, you know, I don't think I should be shamed for going to the store and not wearing a mask. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's an opinion thing. Should we go back to the phone lines? Sure. All that's right. It's
4: always interesting.
0: Caller, you're on with Andy and with Zach Renstrom. How are you today?
5: Good morning. morning. I'm just calling to say that I agree with your last caller. Um, it's probably a hoax, and if not, it's been blown out of proportion. And we have uh, a mayor, John Stalin Pike, and our governor, who has taken away our uh, uh, fundamental and civil liberties, and it's just its unconstitutional.
0: Well, don't you think the governor at least showed some restraint in not ordering a, a complete lockdown like 42 other governors in the U.S.? I think he went too far with what he did. Okay. And good. And, uh, and I praise Larry
5: Myers for what he's doing. He's awesome. right
0: on. Awesome. Thanks for the call. Appreciate Thank it. You. Good to talk to you today. Yeah. I, go ahead, Zach.
4: Oh, so sorry. I was just going to say I do have one water issue I would like to bring up that I think is important. Okay, let's let's do this.
0: Let's take a commercial break. Okay. And when we come back, we'll get your get to your water issue. Okay. And we we got to pay the bills, but there've been some good phone calls today. Yeah, that's fascinating. Calls. All right, we'll be right back after this commercial break. This is the Andy Griffin Show. Oh, it's, it's time for me to mention Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney's a local loan consultant. His focus is customer service. What does that mean? Well, that just means he wants to take care of you, and make sure that uh, you know whatever need you have, whatever question you have, whatever information you need is out there for you. Joe has gone online. He said, "Look, review me. I'd love to have your." review on my company, New American Funding. That's the NAF in the NAFINC, by the way. Uh, and uh, and uh, go ahead and review me. 332 reviews online, and the proof is in the pudding. 4.91 out of 5-star average for Joe Shoney, including this one from Matthew. Who said, if you're looking for a reliable team that's dedicated, communicates with you every step of the way, and is as knowledgeable as they come, then Joe Shoney is who you need to call. 5-stars. That's, that's how most of those reviews go for Joe Shoney online. Give him a call today, Four three five five nine zero sixty three hundred or email Joe at Joe joe.shoney at N A F I N C dot com. We'll be right back. Good morning everybody, it's 9.56, just clicked over, we've got Zach from in the house, Zach of, is of course the head of the Washington County Water Conservancy District, took over for Ron Thompson at the start of the year, and still uh, still uh, missing the old guy, huh, uh, yeah?
4: I, I enjoyed working with Ron, that's for sure, he's a, he's a good man.
0: He's a legend, do you, do you call him occasionally still?
4: Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. in fact I'll be calling him today, so if he's listening, he should expect a phone call. Is he up some
0: mountain somewhere?
4: Well, so he does have a place up in the mountains, but mm-hmm. the snow's still too high. They didn't oh, get okay. up there. But even even there, I can still get a hold of him sometimes. So, and he's been he's been wonderful about answering questions or you know coming into the office if we have something we need information if,
0: on. If he can get a cell signal when he's up in the mountains, we'll yeah. see how that works. But uh, isn't it up like like by Colaba or somewhere way up there? Yep. It? Yeah. yeah so. it's way up there. Uh, Zach, I know we only got about three minutes left. You wanted to talk about some uh, a water issue.
4: Yes, so we are. So we have a, a really good snowpack this year, and so we have quite a bit of snow still sitting up on the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're le- coming into a very warm period, which means that snow is going to start melting very rapidly. And so my plea to people is be careful of the rivers. I mean, we have a lot of great trails by the rivers, and people like to recreate by them, but there's going to be a higher flow on those rivers over the next couple weeks, and that water is going to be ice cold, so if you fall into that river, it it can affect you. So I'm just making a plea to the public, um, be careful around the rivers, because they will uh, be high, they will be cold, and that water is going to be running fast. Um, And so just please be careful with that.
0: A lot of things uh, people don't understand, and I never really understood until I actually read, read up on it. But if you get into that cold water, if it's, if it's cold enough, you actually start losing motor function. You, you can't oh, yeah. swim because oh, yeah. your arms don't work or your legs don't work. So, yeah, it's something to take very seriously.
4: Yeah, and, and even animals like dogs, um, you know, dogs usually love the water and stuff like that. But if it's that cold, it can start to affect dogs too. And so I'm just, you know, letting people know that those rivers will be high running fast and very cold so please be careful of that and uh you know all our reservoirs are full right now we're doing really well that way but we just have excess water so we'll be going down the rivers so please be careful Be
0: careful it would be better if it didn't get quite so hot quite so fast it
4: wouldn't have been nicer if it would have been a little bit if spring would have lasted a little bit longer for but uh we'll be okay this year because we do have our reservoirs full
0: Uh, Caller on the line you good for one more call? Yeah, let's Let's do it Caller, you're on with andy and with zach renstrom what's up
1: uh, good morning,
2: Zach. Just a quick question. I've got 50-gallon uh, drums of water in my garage I've been storing. Uh, how long can that water safety be stored? You know, you put
1: the uh, important bleach in when you start. Uh, so once a year, should we dump those out and then refill them? How long can that water safely be stored if we had to use it to drink at some point?
4: Yeah, so the general standard is you replace it every year. Um, but that depends a little bit on where you store it. So if it's in a cooler environment, let's say in a basement where it's cooler, you, you can get a little bit more time. But if, the, let's say, it's in your garage where the temperatures get a lot hotter, and also just the materials. So some of those water barrels are, are made of black material, so sunlight doesn't get into them. And so it depends a little is, bit. Is that a
0: good thing or a bad thing?
4: Um, it, it depends on just the material. So if it's the type of plastic that's used in those. And so generally we don't like the barrels where a lot of sunlight will go through them. Um, because sunlight allows algae and certain things to grow a little bit mm. easier. But with that, the general standard is you replace that water once a year.
0: All right. Replace the water once a year. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. All right. Zach, thanks for coming but on today. It went when fast.
4: You use that water. Just don't let it go down the gutter. Like, use it and put on your lawn. or You can use that water for landscaping.
0: Perfectly. Well said. All right, Zach, we're out of time. Thanks for coming in today.
4: Hey, it's been great. Thanks.